better than that. You need to get yourself together, man. You're killing yourself. You're hurting your family. Look at your children, man. You're neglecting your children. And you don't want to hear that. You're mad. You get upset at them. You lash out. You turn against them. You even go so far as to um, portray them to others as being the problem, as being the enemy. So the very people that are looking out for you. And what you got to understand, man, that in life, you learn quick that you only have a handful of people that that who really, really get down with you, really care about you, really are concerned about, you know, you being all right. Those people are not a big number. That's not a big number. That's a very small number. And when you have those people and you you fail to appreciate what they are bringing to you, you fail to appreciate all the times that you did reject them, you did shun them or push away that tough love that they was giving to you, you are jeopardizing a valuable commodity. You are you're a child and you got a good parent that's steady telling you, son, daughter, watch yourself. Don't hang with that person. That one ain't no good for you. This one's gonna get you in trouble. And you resent your parents. You, you don't like your mom, you don't like your daddy no more because they told you something about somebody that you thought was for you. Now, the lucky one, I won't say lucky ones, the blessed ones among us, they get a chance to learn that lesson at some point. They get a chance to actually see and go, you know what? I'm going to pray. And it was right. But a lot of times, you don't get that opportunity. You go through those things, and then all of a sudden, it's like, shh, you bit by exactly what they said. You get bit by what they warned you against. It is too late. So we got to rewire our thinking to get to the point where we're not hating the people who love us. The very people who try to look out for us, we direct the hate towards them. Then if you are still around when you get jammed up, you're in a position to understand what happened, who are the first people you call them? Who the first people you think about? It's the very ones you rejected, the very ones that you accused of being jealous or envious or they don't want you to, to have nothing. You just mad because you didn't. You know, we turn all those kind of words towards our people, our loved ones, and our ignorance. So Think about that next time somebody's sitting down trying to give you some good advice and trying to tell you something that is good for you. And we get caught up because the words ain't good to you. See, medicine don't always taste good. That's what you got to understand. But the medicine is created to heal you and make you better. 
So stop hating the ones who really love you. And stop loving the ones who really ain't for you. All right, man, it's your big brother, K. We know y'all subscribe, like, and comment on this video. And y'all go subscribe to my podcast channel, The Underground Dialogue Podcast. Go over there and do that right now. All right, I'll catch y'all later on. Peace and love. What's going on, man? It's your big brother, K. Reno. Check it out, man. Um, I want to ask y'all a, a question, and I know y'all can't answer it now, but you can answer it in, in the comments. Um, is it good, is it beneficial in any way to air out your problems that you have with another person publicly? Publicly being in this day and age, social media being and being um, TV and stuff for celebrities and celebrities or something, they go on TV and talk about it, radio and podcast. Um, but for the most part, the average person, it would be social media. Um, I'm one of those people who are just under the belief that you should never air out dirty, um, ugly problems that you're having within your family, within a relationship. I just don't believe in putting that on social media. And anytime I see people do that, you know, the first question I always ask is, um, what's, what's their purpose and, and or motive? Because some people would do that but they do it for different reasons. Some people do it because they just are angry and they want it. They want to expose the person that they're angry at. I'm, I'm just going to let everybody know how you really are. And I'm just going to put you out there and show the world how you really are. That's one reason why people do it. You know, another reason people do it is that they themselves are seeking some kind of attention, some kind of sympathy from whatever audience they may have that will come on in the comments and say, oh, man, it's going to be all right. Yeah, um, don't worry. Um, God got you. And, you know, Congress, don't get them. And, you know, they want support. Um, other people, they just don't know no better. They just they just feel like, okay, my life is part of my life is social media. And I just openly share. They just not, they don't have any shame about it as well. Um, but here's, here's the, 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 the dangers I would say into that. Um, it's not good to do that. Number one, because it's none of nobody's business. It's none of anyone's business, man, but you and your, your sister, your brother, your mama, your daddy, your wife, your husband. None, it's nobody's business what y'all got going on. And I said this a long time ago in a video and I was talking more in terms of relationships. Um, people make up all the time. People have fallouts and they make up all the time. So when you put all y'all stuff out there on each other like that, said all these things about each other, and if it escalated, y'all talk crazy, cuss each other out and said hurtful things, then next thing you know, y'all cool again. You can't pull that back. That doesn't look good at all, man. So 
despite how angry you might be, how disappointed, upset, hurt you might be, it's good to hold that. You know, it ain't even good to talk to individuals about your problem these days because everybody gonna go back and tell what you just told them in confidence and they said they wouldn't go tell nobody. But when you put everything that you got going on out in the open like that, you also open yourself up to a bunch of random people giving their opinions about a situation about you and whoever else and those people being that they don't even know. They don't know y'all. But everybody will form an opinion and everybody will take sides and, and, and split down the middle based on who they feel is right and based on who they feel is wrong. It's just not wise to me to just put that out like that. And I know everybody saw Master P and Romeo and then, you know, that's kind of what inspired the start in me. Um, you know, it's, it's hurtful on any level of relationships, but, you know, father, son, mother, daughter, that type of stuff, man, especially if they've had a long-standing relationship. Um, I just don't think it's good to do that, man. And it, it, because you can always address that person directly. I don't see the need for it to be seen by everybody. I just, I can't process that. I was like, why don't everybody have to see it? The same message that you put out before the world, if you don't want to call me, you can shoot that to me in my inbox. You can shoot that in the text. You can, there's so many ways that you can address me directly. So I always have to question, well, why did it have to be put out publicly like that? And sometimes people just want people to side with them. And, 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 and I'm not accusing anybody of, of having some slick motives to it. I'm just trying to speak on this video to act to really just discourage that move, that uh, emotional response is what I think it is. I think, you know, you get mad, and, and if, especially if somebody is the first to initiate, if somebody else goes public and then they include you in it, then your first uh, natural inclination is to defend yourself. To say, oh, wait a minute, he's saying all this about me. Hold on, let me let me let me let people know about him now. But what did we do 30, 40 years ago? Before social media and all that is this, before that was a Twitter, before that was a an Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever. What did we do then? We either addressed it directly or we just stopped dealing with that person. All together, we can do irreparable damage when we let our um, fingers get to get too reckless. And before you know it, you said something that, in trying to defend yourself, you said something that you can't fix with a person that you actually care about and love. We got to stop doing that. We got to stop airing our public, man. We just have to. 
And there's two sides to every story. So when people are saying who's right and who's wrong, man, you, you don't know, man. The truth, the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. And the reality is that in that truth, it typically would be revealed that both sides, both parties can share some wrong as well as they can share some right. But if we feel like we're not wrong, we're going to go in and go in and go in and go in. And nothing gets solved. Nothing gets solved when you when you want to do it like that, man. And those those celebrity situations, people might look and say, well, man, you know, what about that old fake Hollywood celebrity stuff? I get all that. But there's a lesson in everything. If you pay attention, you can watch what they go through because they 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 ain't, they ain't much different from us. They they just they may just got their money and they more known, but they go through the same things. In some cases, worse things. So you can watch and observe and gain lessons from it, and um, at the very least, be shown in certain situations what not to do. So keep that in mind the next time you have a problem with somebody and you because I see it on on, on small level all the time. People just whatever they going through, they go straight social media on straight to it. And it just doesn't make sense to me why we do that. Find something else to do into your mind simmers down, you know, go work out, man, go, go watch TV or something, man, go, go do some work, you know, we'll take a nap, but don't let that first response be that negative one when you decide you want, and even if it's not related to you having an issue with another person, even if it's just something that you're going through in your personal feelings and like, Everything is not for everybody to know. And that's our biggest problem. We feel like we got to tell everybody everything that we're doing. It's just not wise with the move because people will use those very words against you. People will study how you feel and what you're saying and how you're moving to figure out ways to manipulate you and use you, take advantage of you. So let's have some self-control with that, man. Because families are breaking up behind this crap. And we don't need that, man. All right, man. It's your big brother, Kay. You know, I'll catch y'all a little bit later on. Y'all go subscribe to the Underground Dialogue Podcast. Go subscribe right now. Underground Dialogue Podcast. Check out the content. Peace. Man, it's your big brother K. Reno, man. I want to start this video off by saying, man, y'all don't want to see me shine, man. Y'all some haters, man. Y'all, y'all don't want to see me shine. I'm just playing. But look, this is the mindset that a lot of people have. And I never really understood that when it comes from, from, um, from certain people um, because I always have been under the belief that Nobody can stop you 
from shining. Nobody can stop you from getting what you're trying to get. And that's what I mean when I say shining. You know, we, we, we just use slang, whatever, but just accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish, you know, getting your recognition, getting your props, reaching your goals. How do we put so much, uh, how do we give other people so much power over that as it relates to us? Anything that you're trying to get, it's up to you to get it. Now, can people in positions of power, can they close certain doors here and there? Can they put a word in to somebody here and there that can either advance you or hold you back? Yeah, absolutely. They can do that. But at the end of the day, man, that's just one door. That's just one person. That's just one <clears throat> opportunity. And it's up to you to just bounce off that and go on to the next one. Now, if you have people around you that you feel as though are stopping you from accomplishing things, and to me, that's an excuse. That's an excuse. You know, like, oh, man, y'all just don't want to, y'all worried about, people will say things like, man, you know, they know that if I get out front, it's going to be over for them. And I never understood that either because if everybody got talent, everybody got a gift, everybody's blessed with a gift, then I'm not threatened by your gift at all because I understand mine. And I've been doing it a long time in my field. I've been doing it a long time. And once I came into who I was, understanding of who I was as an artist, as a writer and all that, um, I felt no threat from anybody in terms of like, stopping me from doing anything I want to do. I have to do it. So the people that feel that way, I think that's an insecurity that that they have. It's like they may feel like that. The other person or people are like, man, I ain't just, I'm not trying to stop nobody from doing nothing. I, I don't think, just like I just said on the flip side, as it relates to another person having power to stop me, I definitely know that I don't have the power to stop nobody else, nor do I have the desire to stop nobody else. What's, what's for you, you don't get it. And guess what? I want you to get it. So if that's the mentality that we all adopt, <coughs> then everybody is shy. Plain and simple. It's, it's, it's trillions of stars in the sky. <coughs> and they all shine. They all shine. So... You have to find your place in this thing and do what you do. And if there's anybody who's stopping your shine, it's going to be you. It's not going to come from nobody else. That's just the way of the world. It means that we got to work harder. It means that we got to practice more. It means we got to pray more. It means we got to focus more. It means we got to dedicate more of our time and effort to whatever it is that we're trying to do. And if you do those things, then you will start to elevate. And to the degree that you grind, that will be the degree that you shine most of the time. And I'm not even trying to rhyme, but that's just what it is. So keep that in mind. I'm trying to stop, but I can't keep keep popping out, child. That's what I that's what I do um, for a living. So never place the uh the blame on anything outside of yourself when you yourself 
or not reaching the heights that you feel like you should reach. The first thing you have to do is say, okay, what, what, what more do I need to do? What more do I need to do? Because um, blame placing becomes habit forming. It, 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 turns, it, it turns into a habitual thing that it becomes a cop out. It becomes an easy way out once you do it a couple of times to, to always say that somebody else was the reason. My man, to always say that somebody else was the reason that this didn't happen. Like, it's your fault that I just knocked that thing over just now. That was up on you. See, if I wasn't talking to y'all, I would have been moving my hands like this and, and knocked it over. So we got to start putting the emphasis on our role and our own. Uh, see, because we're quick to take the credit for the success. When the success comes, when the problems do come, it's yeah, me, me, I did this, yeah, yeah, I was did this, I, I was doing I, 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 I. But when the roadblocks hit, when the failures come, then it's they, 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 you, 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 you. You know, we don't want to accept. It's two things, man. It's taking credit when it's going good. And the flip side of that is accepting responsibility when it's going bad. And though other people may be at fault in certain parts, certain aspects of what you were trying to do, that's the reality of it. Yeah, people might have did this, people might have did that. At the root of it all, it's still on us to take the responsibility because even if somebody does something that affects you in a negative way, guess what? You are still the one that's going to be affected by it. You one got to suffer from it. See, that's like somebody going going to prison. It's like okay, well, it was four or five people involved in the in the scam, you know, and but they caught you. So you can say you can look at it and say well, what what Johnny did and what this guy, what that girl did to to um, to jam you up, but. At the end of the day, you got to look at what you did to, to jam yourself up by participating in the first place. And you got to understand that regardless of what other people's role in it was, you're the one that's suffering during the time. So nobody stops your shine but you. Keep that in mind. And once you kind of get that out of the way, get the excuse making out of the way, then you should be able to start seeing some progress, man. I Okay, we know I will catch y'all a little bit later on, man. Be sure to go subscribe to the Underground Dialogue Podcast. This is not some random podcast I'm telling y'all to subscribe to. This is mine. It's me. So go subscribe now, man. And, and don't just subscribe just to be doing it. Be sure to check out the episodes. We got about, I lost count. We got about four, four or five episodes up already. And, um, more to come. I'll catch y'all later on. Peace and blessings. Salute. What up, man? It's your big brother, K. Reno. And I got to ask a question to the fellas real quick, man. Um, and there's different dimensions to this, so y'all be patient with me. Can you as a man handle it if your woman is making more money than you? And Understand, I'm not talking about you making what you make and she might be putting in a couple of extra thousand a year. 
than you. I'm talking about if the difference is significant. If it's like she making 10, 15, 20 racks more than you. You know, she just really like her income is really nice in comparison to yours. Is that something that you can handle? Well, there are some men, I'm going to talk about the different scenarios. There are some men that, you know, pretty insecure about those types of things. I don't really know why, but I wouldn't be one of those guys. Because as a man, I know my position. I know my place. I know my own um, level of manhood to where it wouldn't matter how much she was making. That would not alter my status and my position in that, in that household as a man. And if money is the, the, the determining factor of that, then you either have a messed up relationship or your manhood needs to be in question. Or there's a conversation that you and her have not had that maybe y'all either need to have or if it's too far gone, maybe y'all should have had early on. Um, there are different ways to look at this thing, man. Um, if you have, if you're involved with a female who may let the fact that she makes more money than you shoot her ego through the roof, and then she starts to take on a dominant posture in the house because of that, then again, money was the basis of the relationship possibly in her mind just like it might have been the basis of in your mind and you kind of feeling kind of insecure about her feelings kind of funny about her making more um i don't think that relationships should be competitions on those levels <laughs> we're talking about who makes the most money and let that be the determining factor because we make this mistake of thinking in that thinking that whoever's putting in the most um cause the shots you know and then and when it comes down to the nitty-gritty has more say so and that's simply not the case what cures that or prevents it is again having a conversation from the very beginning and letting it be understood hey man look I'm gonna be a man regardless. Cause that, that's how that's how that's the way I look at it, man. I'm not I would never let money uh cause me to just become weak under my own roof. I would never let that be the case. And I wouldn't want to um, be involved with somebody who would look at the fact that she's making more and start to swell up on me because of that. You know, and, and and trust and believe there are a lot of women who are whose characters are so on point that they make more than their husbands and, and they don't they don't act like that at all. They money is just okay, I happen to be making more than him, but that is not the marriage. The marriage is us and how we get down. And some women, although they may be bringing in more, they still allow their man to lead that household. They still allow that man to be a man and that man still causes himself to be that. 
And at the same time, he doesn't berate his woman or, or have those accusations. Like, you think you better than me? You better me because you make more money than me. See, too many relationships end behind money. They end over money. And that's not to say that money is not important in a relationship. Absolutely. You know, you know, things got to be right. But that is something that is only uh, um, an avenue to pay bills and to accomplish things and take care of the household and rent and mortgage and all this different stuff. Eat, so live and survive. Not something that should be looked at as, again, a competition between y'all two of me. I got to prove my manhood is based on how much I make. So question that in your mind. What if you had a woman who wasn't tripping on, on you like that, who didn't hold it over your head, who didn't act like that with you? Some people do, and some dudes, they still be messed up. Can't have it because other people are talking. You know, maybe her family is feeling some kind of way because, you know, you don't make as much as she, they feel like they're not in your household, but they, they judge and they feel like, you know, their family member is being taken advantage of by you because you don't make it. Maybe your homeboys found out. You mentioned it to them and they laughing at you and roasting you behind it, you know. Block all that out. You got to block all that out and focus on the nature of y'all's relationship with each other. And if you know how she is with you, and she knows how you are with her, and that is not an issue with y'all, then it don't matter what nobody else has to say about it. So tell me what y'all think. Tell me what's on y'all mind as it relates to that. And if you've ever been through that situation, man, you know, you don't want to lose a good woman because yeah, she herself about to go to jail. She opened up her mouth and told And by yourself, you're going to be leaving with these rats. You brought them here, so you take them out. So, y'all, that's funny. We, we, they, can you imagine that they get on boats or, or get on planes to get oh, out of here and we scoop up the rats and throw them on them? The agents is demanding reparations? Yeah, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, man. They aren't a, pro a unique problem to New York. We need to eyes up if they can get them Ladies and gentlemen, New York is looking for a rat czar. Oh, what the hell is a rat czar? But I tell you what, in order for them to want to hire a rat czar, it has to be bad in New York. So New York City wants to pay a rat czar $170,000 to resolve its rodent problem. Wow. They're saying the rodents are continuously getting worse. And now they want to bring somebody in that can take this job and love to kill rats. New 
York has had a rat problem since the 1700s. City officials hope someone with the general, uh, they're calling it batsery, can resolve it. So they're just looking for anybody that can really make a big difference in killing off these rodents up there in New York. The city has posted an unusual job listing an opening for a director of rodent mitigation or a rat czar. The ideal candidate, someone who is highly motivated and somewhat bloodthirsty, will be tasked with keeping the city's rats in check on notice according to the job posting. Do you have what it takes to do the impossible? Mm -mm -mm. If so, your dream job awaits. New Yorkers have learned to coexist with rats. It's hard to go outside in the city without seeing a rat streaking across a sidewalk, crawling out of a trash can bin or gnawing on a fallen pizza slice. The city pledged to spend millions of dollars in recent years to try to banish the rodents from the mostly infested areas, including East Village and Bushwick. Previous attempts to quell the rat population, including by drowning them in a so-called rat bucket or putting dog hunters on their trail have done little to curb the problem. The cities lately have been trying to draw attention to the rat problem with some dry new, uh, dry new York humor. So they said they actually put out a news briefing back in October in which they declared war on rats, which was widely mocked on social media. This week's job posting reads, rats will hate this job posting, it said, but 8.8 million New Yorkers and your city government stand ready to work with you. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I knew things were pretty bad, and y'all, it really got bad during the lockdown because it was nobody, you know, exterminating or doing any kind of control. And if you remember, I did some stories on the rats were going into people's homes. They were crawling in through the sewer and coming out of people's toilets, not only here, but in the UK. And it was because nobody was really controlling them. So they really did overrun the city during that time. And when restaurants and places of business opened, there were just roads scurrying around all over the place. So researchers say the rodents traveled with European colonizers in the 18th and 19th century to Africa, the Americas, and Australia. So the Euro, so the Euros 
came over here and brought rats with them. Well, when he kick your ass out of here, we gonna throw them rats on you and y'all gonna get the hell on out of here. <laughs> no, you ain't leaving by yourself. You gonna be leaving with these rats. You brought them here, so you take them out. So y'all, that's funny. We, we they, Can you imagine that they get on boats or, or get on planes to get out of here and we scoop up the rats and throw them on them? <laughs> Oh man, they aren't a, pro a unique problem to New York. The pest control company, Orkin, reported in October that it had done the most rodent pest control treatments in the metro areas of Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. In Boston and New York, I'm sorry, Boston and Philadelphia, city leaders have raised concerns over the number of rats in the area. Boston and other cities tried to kill rats by poisoning them with carbon monoxide. The city's non-rodent job listing for a general counsel, a deputy press secretary, and others. So the rodent mitigation director, however, needs to have a swashbuckling attitude and crafty humor that's what they're saying. Yeah, you got to have more than humor. I, I, mm. Well, I guess as long as you're not physically going out there to do anything, then yeah, I mean, you can come up with many ways to get rid of them if you want. So the new director must be a New York City resident who is equally comfortable navigating the city bureaucracy as they are using hands-on techniques to exterminate rodents with the authority and efficiency, according to the posting. The director could be paid as much as $170,000, which is more than the new general counsel and deputy press secretary stand to make. The role will report the city's deputy, uh, report to the city's deputy mayor for operations. The rats can wreak havoc on homes and businesses. They spread disease, chew through wiring, feed on debris. The city said a heaping trash can and a rat's version of a five-star restaurant. Experts say early months of the pandemic were rough for rats because the rodents, yeah, they couldn't, you know, as long as humans are out and about and working and and doing all the normal things, they had plenty to eat because, you know, people are always putting their trash out. So they always had a lot to eat during the pandemic when restaurants were closed and food was not going in dumpsters and everything. Yeah. So they started resorting to other things in order to feed themselves. So they said the pandemic was rough on them because the rodents food source dried up when human shelter in place and some rats migrated in new areas and resorted to cannibalism. So they started eating each other because they could not find food anymore. In the job posting, the city officials said rats are enemies that must be vanished. So 
our nation's failure to address the devastating and continuing impact of enslavement as the foundation for ongoing disparities faced by Black Americans, especially in areas of health, education, employment, housing, and the environmental outcomes. So this is what they wrote to Joe Biden. On February 19th, Japanese Americans marked the 80th year since the passage of an executive order, 9066. The law that forced tens of thousands of their people into concentration camps. The date is known as the Day of Remembrance. Japanese American citizens leave the country's oldest, largest Asian American civil rights organization, join the undersigned group in their plea to Biden. The travesty of slavery and its aftermath must be addressed if we are truly to become a great nation that we profess to be. The 400 years of racism denied opportunity have taken their toll on the community. The establishment of the Presidential Commission to study the legacy of enslavement would educate and inform the public and Congress of the harm that is perpetuated on the community. Time is of the essence. There is an urgency of instituting such a study before another year passes. The legislation first introduced over 30 years ago and its time has come. So that's what they wrote in their letter. Ladies and gentlemen, what I will do is I will post a link to the letter from the Asian American community to Joe Biden to move forward on getting a commission and getting reparations to the African American community in America. And you will see, let me see if I can show you the list of organizations from the Asian community that sent this letter. Hold on one second, I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the full letter that the Asian American community sent to Joe Biden. What I will do is leave the link to this letter so that you can come out and read it yourself. Here are all of the Asian organizations that co-signed the letter. It's pretty lengthy. And they all signed on to this letter to Joe Biden to put together the same kind of commission for African-Americans for their reparations that they put together for Asian-Americans. Now, we'll see how Biden will respond or will he just ignore it? Because, you know, let's be real. Biden, Congress, the Senate, none of them supported any uh, of our causes for reparations, right? None of them. 
And but the same ones supported the Asians to get their reparations. So we'll see if this will be spoken about or not. Being that they hate us so deeply in this country, they will probably do everything to avoid talking about this letter that was sent from these different Asian organizations to Biden. I'm just saying, but y'all please tell me what you think about this letter. And what do you think about Biden if he's going to ignore these Asians or is he going to respond? I mean, he certainly paid attention to them when it came time to get that Asian crime bill, didn't he? Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family. Ladies and gentlemen, many churches are canceling their Christmas service. Well, the conditions are really impacting everything, isn't it? It sure is. So, an increased number of churches are canceling Christmas Day services in anticipation of low attendance, given the holiday falls on a Sunday this year. And, y'all, if you remember, the same thing happened during the pandemic. They tried to have ch uh, Christmas services back then. Some of you may remember. And either churches canceled or they had an extremely low turnout. So only 84% of pastors planned on holding services this year, down from 89% in 2016, which was the last time Christmas fell on a Sunday, according to surveys. So Real Life Church in Macon, Georgia, tweeted that they would be hosting a Christmas Eve service, but not on Christmas morning. Mm -mm -mm. So there are a number of churches that our uh, pastors are announcing that there will be no service and for families to enjoy their time at home. Mecklenburg Community Church in Iowa was gonna host in-person services, but they decided to have their services online. Families have many traditions on Christmas morning. Boy, do I remember that. You know, uh, you know, back in the days when 
I was a child and my family was heavily into Christianity back then. And I remember Christmas service and going to church, New Year's Eve. I, I remember all of that. So most pastors acknowledge not as many of their members will be present compared to Christmas Eve and services earlier in the month. So the Catholic Church believes Sunday Mass to be non-negotiable, which includes Christmas Day, even if it does fall on a Sunday. In contrast, only 61% of non-denominational evangelical pastors said they would be leading service this year, according to LifeWay survey. In addition, 250 um, the churches with 250 or more in attendance are more likely to hold Sunday services on Christmas Day than those that have fewer than 50 in attendance. First United Methodist Church, Winter Park in Florida canceled services for the 25th, encouraging its congregation to spend time with loved ones and celebrate the birth of Christ at home instead, according to a tweet. Walnut Gardens Community of Christ and Independence in Ohio said they won't be hosting Christmas services on the 25th, but post to Twitter that uh, for those wishing to attend Christmas Day service, they recommended people go to another church, Mission Center, which is in Grand, uh, I'm sorry, Grandview Community of Christ. They'll be having services. So it's really just a bunch of churches announcing their closure for the 25th. This year, 85% of Protestant pastors plan to hold services on New Year's Day, which is the same as six days ago when the holiday fell on a Sunday, according to a report. All Saints Community Church in Oklahoma City will be closed on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Instead, they will host a Christmas Eve service and a worship night, January 1st. So, y'all, you know, the weather has put a damper on travel. It has put a damper on delivery service. And now it is really destroying Christmas Day services that folks would normally go to. And there, all these churches are announcing their um, closure or canceling the service altogether. So it's a lot of cancellations going on. Canceling church to celebrate Christmas that should not make sense to any believer. So that's just one of the pastors out in Alaska. Isn't it tragically ironic that some churches will be closed next Sunday because Christmas fall on that day and you know, and a lot is due to inclement weather as well. 
um, because and there are some parts of the country that just got a lot of ice and snow and the temperatures are, you know, depending on where you live, some people are in the minus. Where I am, we went down to seven degrees last night and it's been a very cold day and it's going to be a very cold day tomorrow and on Monday as well. So some places they're saying, you know, worshipers are going to try to show up and find the doors locked in an ironic twist of the tale. They find that there's no room for them in the church. I don't know. I don't know if churches are going to be so packed that people can't find room. But y'all gonna have to tell me what you think. This is one more thing that is not working out this year for America, you know, along with so many other things. And it goes back to what I was saying to y'all, how it seems like every year when the season comes around, there's always major things that is getting in the way of people doing their holidays. And I remember, you know, some of you may remember there were big travel delays, even this past Thanksgiving, you know, it it was not a smooth transition for people to travel to certain destinations, but you're going to have to tell me what you think about all of these churches canceling Christmas service around the country and the list is growing by the hour so right now they're saying um they are saying about 60 percent of the churches that would normally hold service are not holding service and it may and that number may actually be a lot higher Y'all, please tell me what you think about this story. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell, and I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family.